Hello, welcome to episode four of Hustle and Thrive, a podcast by Working Culture, co-hosted by Lisa Fiorilli and myself, Yomi John. On this episode, we chat with Melissa Faulkner, a Toronto-based self-taught visual artist. We talk about the influence of Toronto's Black creative community on her career, how she's grown as a successful entrepreneur, as well as her process of making her art more accessible. Melissa's work is strongly influenced by Black culture and Black pop culture as they represent the culture she identifies with the most. Her paintings foster a sense of self-love, empowerment, and self-expression. Melissa has exhibited her work at spaces including Arts Gallery of Ontario and New Blanche, and she's also been commissioned by Flair Magazine, The Huffington Post, CBC Radio Canada, and more. We hope you like this episode. Please listen, share, and subscribe. First of all, thank you, Melissa, for joining us on our fourth episode of Hustle and Thrive. I'm going to ask the first question and I wanted to just talk about your work. Um, I understand that you studied business and economics at university. Um, So how did you get started as a visual artist and what made you decide on choosing this path? For sure. So it's kind of a funny story. Well, I've always been like a creative person like even as a kid like I was always drawing or doing some like wild crafts so I've always just had that creativity in me but um while I was at school um it was actually Mother's Day so like Mother's Day was coming around and I didn't know what to get my mom for Mother's Day so I'm like you know what I just thought of this idea that I should paint her portrait and give that to her as a gift. So that was literally the first painting that I ever made in my entire life. And it was so basic. Like sometimes I show people and it's just, it was like literally just black and yellow. Um, almost like raggedy canvas, but she really loved it. So yeah, after I gave it to her, um, I just started kind of giving all my friends and family paintings as gifts. Like literally that Christmas, everyone got a painting from me. Um, cause I really enjoyed doing them. And it got to the point where my friends who I had gifted the paintings to, um, actually started asking me to make paintings that they could gift to their friends and family. And that is how I got my first ever commission. Um, I remember my friend Mary wanted, asked me to paint a portrait of her parents for their anniversary. And that was like the first job I ever got. And it literally just kind of snowballed from there. And that's how I got started. I'm I'm super curious about how you landed on sort of your, I guess, pop art style. I'm, I'm not a creatively skilled person, so I might be describing it wrong. Um, but I went through your Instagram and like the portraits are amazing. So you have like, I think the Prince one is probably my favorite, but you have some really cool ones of like, you know, Nipsey Hussle one's really cool. Like, how did you get started into combining sort of the portraits and the pop art? Like what led you to that creative choice? Yeah. So I was really inspired by Andy Warhol and he's like the grandfather of that style of pop art. Um, Cause obviously his work has those really vibrant saturated colors. And I was just really drawn to that. So that's originally like, how I started doing my portraits. Like if you go back to like my older work, it's like fewer colors, um, larger shapes, like very similar to his style. But then as I started like getting better at painting and like practicing my 
work, I started to kind of develop my own style on top of that. So, you know, started blending colors a bit more, using different shades of the same color, um, adding details in different ways that I just felt looked good to me. So, yeah, like my style is very influenced by Andy Warhol, like in that art genre, but it's kind of like my own version of it. Yeah. A follow up on that. Um, So I see that you're self-taught, which is super awesome. So how did like how did you discover you were good at doing this? Did you just like try it out one day? Like I can't imagine again as someone who has absolutely zero art skills. <laughs> um, yeah, like like I mentioned, like my mom's portrait was literally the first painting I ever did, and it wasn't like amazing by any chance. But like I just really enjoyed doing it, and like I mentioned before, like I'm really good with my hands. Like, but before when I was in high school, like I would do these like. Um, dead mouse helmets like are you guys familiar with dead mouse like the dj mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, i would literally as a teenager make those from scratch like paint them cut out all the ears and all that stuff and like i and i would um make these like puppets so like at my church i don't know if you guys are you know the muppets right obviously <laughs> people would use these puppets and kind of like do these puppet shows for like the kids and stuff so like I really wanted to do that so but my church didn't have money to buy the puppets so I was like all right I'll just make them so I'm that's kind of how I am like if I have an interest that I'm really passionate about um I'll just figure it out myself because like usually I won't have the um, means to like get the actual materials needed so like I'm very kind of bootstrappy by nature like I just have that drive where like, if I need to figure it out, I'll just do what it takes to figure it out. Like I just have that motivation in that creative side of me. So it was the same with painting. Like I started it and I just really loved doing it. And I would figure out ways to make myself better at it. So I would watch a lot of YouTube videos on like how to mix colors, how to know what colors would work well together, um, how to draw from images. And I would just watch a bunch of these videos online and just practice by myself until eventually I got better at it. And that's kind of how like I taught myself how to paint. I just had a follow-up question. So I think Lisa, you asked about the why the focus on paintings of blackness black people like and popular culture i, th- I think you beat me to it i <laughs> that was gonna be my next question uh just how do you choose the people that you feature because uh, it goes from like you know women in wakanda to like tupac like it jumps around and i find this really cool so how do you land on who you're gonna um paint yeah honestly it just comes from like my own interests in my life because like obviously i'm a black woman so it's like black culture is just like a part of me you know what i mean so like i listen to tupac you know i follow you know i've watched black panther like if i wasn't painting i would be involved in that culture anyways so it's just like an extension of you know my life and my interests as you know a black woman and by nature it's like the automatic thing that i would think of to paint like it's basically the inspirations that i find around me is where i get my inspiration for my painting so the people who inspire me like michelle obama you know like i just 
felt drawn to paint her portrait because of who she is as a woman. And like, I look up to that, you know? So yeah, it's really just kind of being in tune with my culture. And to me, that just kind of comes naturally. And I find like, there's a lot of people like me who are also into that culture because it is their culture as well. And I enjoy, you know, being able to share that with them because obviously everyone else who's a fan of Michelle Obama or Tupac or Black Panther would be, would love to see that artwork as well. And they'll also appreciate it because it's coming from that same place of inspiration and that same place of appreciation for the art. So I just like to be able to kind of contribute to black culture in that way in the visual art space you know so so this kind of segues to my next question um so you're definitely or i presume that you're a member of toronto's black creative community and can you just tell listeners about your experience in this space and how it has benefited and influenced how the community has brought like helped with the black representation for sure so i've been involved with a lot of organizations in toronto um and not all of them are specifically like for black people but like as a black artist i guess i i'm automatically a part of that community you know um but one of the organizations is called the nia center for arts and they are specifically um for supporting black artists in the city and i've worked with them i've actually the first event i went to of theirs was for a copyright workshop so i was really interested in that topic so you know i went to the event they host a ton of events to support artists and their careers which i just love and applaud so um yeah i went there and my first time there i actually met one of the coordinators and i her face was like really familiar to me. And I'm like, I feel like I know you. And I realized that I, I had actually painted her portrait because her friend had commissioned me to paint her portrait as a gift, as a graduation gift for her. So it just ended up being a funny coincidence that I knew her. And then we ended up connecting and um, actually joined their mentor program as a mentor to help mentor the younger upcoming artists coming out of the NIA Center. So that has just been a great experience, you know, working with young artists, getting to know other artists. I've done, I was involved in their first um, Black art fair, which they had over the summer, which only featured Black artists. It was you know, I just love being surrounded by that community because we have, you know, very similar interests and goals and motivations. So being a part of that community has been great. And another one um, is called RISE. So R-I-S-E, um, which is Reaching Intelligent Souls Everywhere. And they're more like, um, like a spoken word, you know, type, vibe um they have a lot of poetry you know slams rap music but um i got involved with them because well first i go to the i went to a few of their events and i know the founder his name is randell he's an amazing amazing guy he's just connected with like every artist in the city he started the organization and has just been 
excelling with it ever since. Um, so at one point, Rise was having, um, they have these annual um, celebrations at the end of the year to kind of like end off the year on a high note. They have like all these performances. So he invited me to do a live painting at the, their event. So, you know, I've done live paintings for them a few times and like been involved in that community, which is like probably one of the close knit communities, art communities that I've been involved with. Um, and another one is probably um, Artscape Daniel's Launchpad. Um, it's not really a black art um, organization, but like there are a lot of black people <laughs> um, who work there. Um, um, I actually got involved with them because they were having a scholarship program for a, which was a, like a free six month membership with like full access to all of their facilities and like programs and stuff like that. So I applied and I got accepted. So I kind of worked out of their um, building for a while. Um, they have like amazing facilities for artists. Like they have a whole fashion and textile studio, a woodworking studio. They have full equipped recording photography studios. Like it's, it's top notch. Um, so <laughs> I actually um, worked with one of the curators there. Her name is Zara and she's amazing. Um, she's an amazing photographer. Um, and she actually gave me the opportunity to feature my Nipsey Hustle painting in the lobby at the launch pad. Um, Center. So if you go to Launchpad right now, you'll see my painting there once you walk in, which is really amazing. So I just love connecting with, you know, the art community here in Toronto, which is very like amazing and supportive. And like literally like you can just find anyone you want to work with just by being involved in those spaces. So I'm grateful for that. Mm. And yeah, that's nice. Um, it's really good for like our audience to hear that there's so many opportunities like the Nia Santa Rise Artscape Launch Pad as a space to like share your art and the community that you've like connected with. Um, but I also wanted to find out like as a black visual artist, um, what are your thoughts on like black folks, more specifically black women in arts, like in terms of like the challenges if, if there's been any like, what's the challenge? Are, are, have there been any challenges with put it, putting out your art or preserving your space among, like, other artists, like artists of color, as well as white artists? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. It's an interesting question. Um, and I feel like I'm kind of unique as an artist because I don't really... I don't really go like the traditional um, route when it comes to like promoting my art or finding opportunities for my art. So like, um, for example, like I don't really put a lot of time and effort into trying to get into galleries, for example, which I know may sound crazy as a visual artist, (laughs) but like I, I'm more so motivated to kind of, create my own opportunities and like do my own thing, kind of build my 
own audience and like my own customer base. It's like if I ever were to have a solo show, like the way I see it in my head is like it would be fully funded by me or like I would be the one getting the funding. Like I'm maybe that's just my personality. So kind of going off of that, like I have heard stories from other black artists where they've had barriers to entry getting into specific art shows, for example, or having their work shown in specific galleries in the city. Um, But because I don't really travel on that traditional path, I, I feel like I kind of avoid those situations not on purpose but like that's just how i am where like i to me like i'm way i feel like it's way more worth your energy and time to create your the opportunities for yourself and to work within the opportunities that exist for you as a black artist than to try and um kind of go through the barriers that are that exist, and I'm not saying that it's a waste of time to try and overcome those barriers, barriers and those obstacles, because obviously that helps artists in the long term. And like, there are other artists doing that work, which I applaud. But like, I personally would rather create our own spaces. Do you know what I mean? And like, that's why I love working with the Nia Center because that's what they do. Like, they create our own spaces for us to thrive and for us to prosper. So that's kind of my perspective on it. And I know it's a little bit different, but especially living in like 2020 where like nowadays we don't have to kind of wait for a curator to discover us, to put us on the map. You know what I'm saying? Like we have way more power as artists now than we ever have. So to me, I'm just like, I want to, you know, take advantage of that 100%. So that's why I put a lot of my time into like putting out my own content on social media. Like I created a YouTube channel so that people can find me and I can promote my work myself. I put my work out on Instagram to promote it myself. I have my own website and I sell majority of my art myself directly through my website. And I'm like, nowadays you don't need a middleman. Like, unless you're trying to achieve a specific goal of like trying to be, you know, at the AGO, for example, which is great. I'm not like knocking that by any means. I'm just saying I personally would rather sell all my, all my paintings on my website. (laughs) You know what I mean? Than to go through like such like a tedious process or like go through a middleman and then the gallery gets the percentage of your artwork, you know, and there are pros and cons on both sides for sure. But I prefer kind of like the independent artist side. And if you're going on that side, you'll find that there are kind of less barriers and less obstacles because you kind of are creating your own world and your own environment for yourself. So you can kind of like avoid that and build yourself up in a different way, you know? So I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but it definitely makes sense. And that's fair that you would want to work with um, different outlets and also create your own space and also work with spaces that actually cater to your kind of art. Exactly. I think that's a good segue too, because I find your use of Instagram like it's really well done. Uh, you have a really interesting, like it's a lot of video content and it's a lot of like, you know, 
your impressions or like how to price your prints. Like it's a mixture kind of educational content. It's obviously selling your work and showcasing it. And you have some like work in progress on there. So I kind of want to talk about some of the opportunities and how you use that to build your career. Like, did you set out thinking like, you know what, I'll do this primarily on Instagram. Like, I'm just curious about your thinking around your Instagram, your YouTube, your Yeah, your 100%. Like once I decided that I wanted to pursue art full time, and this was while I was still a student. So I was like kind of doing it on the side part time while I was still in school. But um, I knew the opportunities that existed on social media. Um, So when I decided that I wanted to pursue art, I like literally took my personal Instagram and like deleted all my personal photos and just started only posting art content. So for a while, um, I would literally just paint every single day and I would post those paintings on my Instagram. And obviously just starting out, it was just like my friends and family who were seeing them. But after a while, like from doing it every day, and this was back in 2015 where like, it was kind of easier to get noticed on Instagram than it is now. Um, you know, my friends would like and share my work and their friends would see it. And then my page would start to grow. And I would notice by primarily just focusing on art content that when people come to my page, they know exactly who I am, what I'm about. And I would start to get followers and I would be more strategic about it. So I would hashtag my work with or tag specific pages on Instagram that promote art or black art. So there's a lot pages that they all they do is repost black art and black artists so I would tag them all the time with the hopes that they would repost me and they did and like once they reposted me I would get like a ton of followers from like their one posts and I would essentially just do that for years like I would think of different strategies um, at one point I would like paint my followers so I'd ask my followers to tag me in a photo and then I'd, I'd pick one at random and I'd paint them and I'd post that um, yeah and then after a while I would start to work with like influencers so like I would send um, some of my products to them um, and have them to kind of promote my work as well and so, um, eventually like brands started to kind of notice the work that I was doing and then I would they would reach out to me and I would get opportunities to do art for you know brands like CBC or Flair Mag um, and yeah I just guess over the years like because that was really like my focus I'm really like social media is literally to me like the best opportunity that has ever existed for artists entrepreneurs so like I 100% like knew that I wanted to take advantage of it and that and YouTube like growing up like I would watch YouTube all the time like I literally learned how to paint from YouTube so when I knew I wanted to be an artist like I knew I wanted to be a YouTuber and kind of have my own art channel so I would record myself painting so that I could upload the videos to my channel so I knew that to me, that's the best way to get eyes on you, like to get an audience because it's like you can post one video and get a hundred people to watch that video in a day. Where else 
You know what I'm saying? Like, where, how else could you get a hundred people to look at your work daily? You know what I'm saying? Like you could have a gallery show and maybe get like a couple thousand, a couple hundreds of people to see it, but that's only for that one show. You know what I mean? Whereas social media, it's so much more accessible. Like you have access to the people that are interested in your art directly. They can talk to you. You can talk to them. I get DMs daily, you know, asking for art advice, you know, tips. To me, like, I would rather, to me, it's invaluable to have that connection with your your audience and the people who follow your artwork. So, yeah, that was literally my strategy from day one. Mm, Yeah, I like that you bring up the difference between showing your work at exhibitions, at galleries, versus actually directly showing your work through like your YouTube videos and Instagram. And it's always enjoyable. I find that when people are actually watching you doing like painting, there's some kind of like interest in that and it's really fun to watch. And I feel like that's something that would, that makes people even want to come back and see more and ask for more. Right? Yeah, for sure. It is kind of like hypnotic watching the whole process from beginning to end. And I, I love creating those videos too. And like, I would watch those videos from other artists, you know, kind of getting inspiration from other artists that I follow on Instagram. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it builds like a certain level of personal connection that you wouldn't necessarily always get in a gallery scenario. Like you might get a hundred people in the gallery and they might want to buy like a piece, but in this way you kind of get their eyeballs pretty regularly and maybe they'd be interested. Cause I know you turn some of your art into things like wearables, like shirts, hoodies, print, like that constant exposure, I think would lend itself to feeling like, you know, I am going to support this artist. Like it's, it's an interesting method. I yeah, think. for sure. And it's like, you kind of, you kind of allow that person to follow you on your whole journey as an artist, you know, easily. Like you can meet someone one time at a gallery, but it's like how you keep in touch with that person. It's, it's harder, but if they can follow you because you're posting content consistently, it's way easier if like you create a piece that they're interested in for them to have access to that. And I feel like a lot of the times too, you know, paintings can be expensive. Like not, Everyone has thousands of dollars for an original painting, and that's mainly what you're selling at a gallery. But for me, I'm, it's really important for me to make my art accessible to the people that I'm trying to reach. And that's why I make prints, and that's why I make shirts, because it's a more affordable version of my art that people are willing to buy. And I would rather have like my art in the hands of those people in that form than to just sell one painting for $10,000 and only that one person has it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to be like, there's just something great about like giving access to everyone people can actually like go on your on your page and buy like sweatshirts shirts and prints and it's like everyone has that access to it um okay so i you've brought up so many interesting amazing points that i feel like our audience and other people would find very valuable uh so i just wanted to ask maybe there's more that you can share with this like what pieces of advice would you give upcoming and emerging artists, particularly like black artists that are interested in really, like really, really pursuing visual arts as a career? Yeah, for sure. And I, I get this question all the time. And 
for me, like I would say there's kind of two things. Um, and the first one would be like, if you truly are making the decision that you want to be a full-time artist, like this is what you want to do. This is your career. You want to sell art for a living. You kind of have to shift your mindset a little bit and kind of have to acknowledge that you're not just an artist. You're also like running a business, you know, like you're also kind of an entrepreneur because your art is your product that you're selling. And that's literally the definition of a business. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just different because you're literally creating the art yourself like you're still an artist but like you still have to acknowledge the business side of things and i feel like a lot of artists might not think about that or they'll focus 100 percent on the art side of things and not really think about okay how am i gonna sell this though you know what i mean like you have to take time to think about a business strategy of how you're gonna sell your art like, how are you going to market yourself as an artist? And that even goes, it's the same if you are still going the traditional way. Like, you have to market yourself to galleries, too. You have to market yourself to curators. You have to have some sort of strategy on that side of things. Like, how are you going to price yourself? That's the strategy. Who are your customers? That's the strategy. Like, what's your revenue model? Like, you have to think of things in that way. And for me, like, that kind of came naturally because, like you guys mentioned, I, I did go to business school, but I've always been inclined in that way. Like, even when I made those dead mouse helmets that I told you guys about and the puppets, like, when I was done making them, like, I sold them. Like, I posted them on Kijiji and, like, I sold the dead mouse helmets to, like, jackasters because they wanted them for their bartenders. Sell my puppets to other churches. So that part just kind of came naturally to me. Like I've always been entrepreneurial. So it's kind of easy for me to say, but it's not, not every artist thinks that way. So that's how always been like my number one advice is like, you kind of have to start thinking more business minded and that might not come easily to a lot of people, which is okay. Like I know an artist who all he does is paint and like no one has ever seen this guy's face like he just puts the artwork out there but his sister handles all the business for him so he has that taken care of like i'm not saying that you have to do everything yourself but you kind of have to think about how is this going to get done you know are you going to work with somebody who's going to help you are you going to you know hire a sales person you know i'm just throwing ideas out there but you have to consider that as part of your strategy if you want to be successful at this. So that would be like my first piece of advice. And the second thing is that you have to know your customer. Like you have to know your audience. You have to know who likes your artwork enough to buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like your customer, your audience, your collectors, they are literally the heart core the center of your practice as an artist like without them like who are you selling your art to you know what i mean like you kind of have to dig deep and know everything about them and like why they like your like your artwork and what it is that attracts them to you as an artist and to your art because you kind of want to lean in to the direction that they're giving you like essentially they validate everything that you do as an artist so 
you just have to like know the de- what are the demographics of these people like are they mainly men are they mainly women like what age range are they like for me it's really mostly black women between the ages of 18 and 45 who live in the united states that those those are my customers and like you have to know who they are because that is the key to how you're going to market to them do you get what i'm saying like i I'm not going to make a painting that my customers will have zero interest in. Like if I'm trying to sell it, like obviously I could make whatever painting I want, you know, like literally, but if you're trying to sell your work, you kind of have to make art that matches the direction, like what you want to do as an artist and also matches what your customer wants. So I'm not saying to compromise your art for the sake of your like the people, but I'm, you have to find that balance. And the key to finding that balance is to know your customer. So those will probably be my two number like main tips is to be conscious of the business side and mm-hmm. to know know who your customer is. Yeah, and I like that you bring up that you are inclined to like the business side of things but then there's also that opportunity for some people to um like okay if i can't do this as a business or i'm not business inclined i can out- actually outsource my work to somebody else to do it so that's a great point speaking yeah. of knowing your customers just to jump in a little bit i noticed that phoebe robinson follows you on instagram oh yeah she does so <laughs> yeah like that was crazy like um and back in i think it was like 2016 i want to say i'm not sure but um i made this painting of drake and rihanna when this was when work came out so right. like i made this painting inspired by that song and I posted it and literally out of nowhere, she emailed me inquiring to purchase that painting. <laughs> so that's amazing. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And like, so obviously she, I sold it to her, she bought it and it was a gift for um, um, the co-host of, you know, the podcast. So that's how that happened. It was like so random. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's super cool um on that note i guess we're curious what are your plans in the future what's next do you have any exciting projects you'd like to tell our listeners about um well obviously i'm big on like the e-commerce side of my art so right now i'm really focused on kind of building up my website um and kind of like selling more of my art through there so in order to do that i'm really focused on kind of creating more products so like yeah i've done hoodies but i've I've really only done like four apparel pieces in like the past in the past two years so i'm kind of going like double down on that and i'm trying to release at least one new apparel piece per month starting next month um which is going to be like a huge dump for me but uh you could look out for february i am releasing a new sweater it's kind of a secret but you guys can check it out when it comes out. Um, It's kind of like long-term, like one of my big goals is to kind of just have my own like production studio. Like right now, my prints are kind of outsourced to like a third-party printer who prints my work for me. And that's 
easier right now because it's really just me running the business right now. But I would love to grow to a point where I could do all of that stuff in-house. Like I love having control over the products that I put out because like I want to control the quality of it. So like I would love to be able to have my own printers to print my own stuff. And like printers are really expensive. Like you could buy a car, the amount of money it costs for like a really high quality printer. But like, I would love to have my own kind of production studio where like I have people working, producing like my art, printing my art for me, like even like printing my own apparel. Like that's like, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, just kind of having like the whole full sweet like just doing everything myself like that's just that's just kind of my personality like I just kind of like having like my hand on everything and just kind of yeah building everything up to that point where I could just have that whole system going like kind of like a you know how like fashion houses like just have their own like yeah yeah like like an agency where they have their own in-house printers designers and things like that yeah I would just love to have M. Faulkner, in-house art production, everything, photography, you know, just everything is run from start to finish, shipping, packaging, all that, which I do do my own packaging and shipping, but, you know, just like bigger scale. And that's a long-term goals for M. Faulkner. Yeah, that sounds like a big plan. And I wish you so much luck with that. And I hope that everything comes easy for you as you grow in the future. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Working Culture, hosted by Lisa Fiorilli and Yami John, and edited by Santiago Bedoya. If you like our episodes, we'd love to hear your comments. And please subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you want more Hustle & Thrive, check out our website at creativeworksconference.com. Join us again.